0: You're listening to a sermon from St John's Anglican in Cranbourne. To find out more about us, head to cranbourneanglican.org.au. Well, good morning. Uh, my name's Sam. I'm the minister here at St John's and uh, Christchurch Turidan and wonderful to be with you here this morning. Well, generosity. I think everyone wants to be generous or at least to be known to be generous. Certainly no one wants to be known as a money-grubbing miser. Uh, Generosity is a virtue. It's something people admire and are inspired by. If someone gives a large amount of money to a really worthy cause, we applaud it, even if we don't necessarily want to do it ourselves. But my guess is that as I say the word generosity... Some of you will, I don't know, maybe feel a little bit irritated or annoyed because you think, great, it's another thinly disguised attempt at getting us to give more money to the church. I hate it when the church is always asking for money. And I understand that. Here at St. John's, we've had a building program. My guess is in the years before I came, you probably talked a lot about money. So as we come to a series on generosity, maybe you're not feeling very inspired. You think we're in lockdown. Can't give me something encouraging. Well, my prayer is, and my expectation is, that actually this series will be encouraging. Uh, because we're, although we will talk about money, generosity is much, much bigger than that and has a much more profound impact on every part of your life. It's something that's much bigger and deeper and more inspiring. It's something that, if we get right, can actually lead us to a greater peace and a greater joy in life generally. See, it's not just about, or even mostly about, money. Because you can be technically very generous. Uh, You can give away lots of money and still not have the generosity of heart or spirit. It's possible to give money away, actually, for selfish reasons. Uh, You might give money away uh, out of a desire to be needed or to purchase yourself a legacy or to leverage influence. And even if you were technically doing that, you wouldn't be living a biblically generous life. No, God's always much more interested in the heart. So generosity is much bigger than money. As an attitude of the heart, it actually is more all-pervasive. It affects everything, every area of our lives, our time, our talents, how we think about other people, our relationships with other people, everything. So today we're going to look at how to be actually generous-hearted people, how to live a generous life, a life that is actually therefore much happier, and much freer, and much fuller. And to do that, we're going to focus on 1 Chronicles 29, 10 to 14, and I I hope we're going to learn from it. Uh, Number one, the source of generosity, uh, number two, the heart of generosity, and number three, the key to living generously. So just a little bit of context as we come to 1 Chronicles. We're coming to the end of King David's reign and he has wanted to build a temple for God. God's told him, no, it's actually going to be his son, Solomon. But King David wants to gather up all the resources that will be needed for Solomon to do the task. And so, first of all, he's given very generously out of his own treasury to the work. And then he's challenged the people to give as well. And they've responded with extraordinary generosity. And so King David comes and he talks to God. And I find it really interesting that he doesn't he doesn't come to God and he and say look God how generous and wonderful we are. Would you share us in blessings in return? Which I think sometimes is in the back of our hearts and minds in that kind of situation. No. He starts with how glorious and great God is. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and on the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. He starts off by getting things in their right order. He starts off by looking at who God is. And God is rich. Rich in in that everything that is in the heavens and the earth are his. I mean, we can have on our heads that God is a a bit of a needy God. He's always asking for my money or for my worship or for more of my heart or more of my time. he's, He's a needy God. And as I give him those things, actually, I'm, I'm doing him a bit of a favor. And so he, he owes me, really, after I've done all that for him. But God doesn't need anything from us. Israel, in their worship of God, was falling into this similar kind of trap of thinking that they were doing something for God in their sacrifices and in their worship. And so God kind of owed them. But God said, I don't need anything from you. Psalm 50. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. All things in heaven and on earth are his. God is abundantly rich. But he's not just rich in what he has. He's rich in who he is. The greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty are his. There's, there's no lack in God, in, in who he is. We can't give him anything or supply any need of his because he's self-existent and he's entirely rich in in who he is. And so he's rich in love. Psalm 145 verse 8, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love and is rich in mercy. Ephesians 2, 4 to 5, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. So God's not grasping or needy, he's he's rich he's abundant in all that he is and all that he has and he doesn't just keep it all to himself So 1 Chronicles 29 verse 12 Riches and honour come from you and you rule over all in your hand are power and might and it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. God is rich, he's and he's not a miser. He's not the great Scrooge in the sky. He's giving. He's always giving. God is generous. Everything that we are and all that we have come from his hand and are his. It is he who's given you the money, you have the talents, you have the things you love, the delights you enjoy, the relationships you cherish. God gives. Constantly and abundantly. And what he gives actually has generosity hardwired into it. And so he doesn't just give you a flower, he gives you seeds to make more. Uh, He doesn't just give you uh, a song, but he gives you the ability to make more songs. He didn't just give us beauty, but the ability to create more beauty through art. But more than that, he's generous in himself. He's given to us out of his riches, the riches of his love and mercy, he's, he's given us himself. You know, sometimes I think to be truly generous, there has to be a sense in which it costs you. And sometimes when we think about all that God has given us, we kind of think, well, of course he did. It doesn't actually cost him. He's, he's infinitely powerful, so he can, just, he can just give it to us. See, I can give away $25 a month to some charity, but if it doesn't really enter my heart or mind, or it doesn't really mean very much to me, then I'm not sure there's a whole lot of generosity in it. I mean, it hasn't cost me anything that I value. Well, God's generosity has cost him. He hasn't just showered us with his goodness from a distance out of his infinite riches. He's given us himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. See, before the beginning of time, Jesus had all the riches, all the glory. He had eternal communion with God the Father and God the Spirit and all the riches of heaven were his. And yet he took off his crown. And he set aside his treasures. And he came Among us, he entered the world. He entered a world of pain and hunger. He was born into a poor family. He ultimately loses everything he owns. He's stripped of status. He's subject to humiliation and death on a cross. He became poor in every sense of the word. Why? So that you might become rich. So that you might know the riches of God's love and mercy. So that you might become an inheritor of the infinite goodness of God. And so what's the right response? You know, as a, as a parent, you kind of despair because you're always, always uh, giving something to someone. And I'm just looking forward to the day when I no longer have to say, thank you dad what do you say we spend so much time teaching our kids to say thank you but so often we actually forget to do it ourselves what are you thankful for the love of family a, a beautiful day uh King David acknowledges that God is actually the source of all generosity. How does King David then respond? Verse 13, and now, our God, we give thanks to you and praise your glorious name. A heart of generosity actually springs from a heart of thankfulness and praise. A generous person will be a thankful person. Uh, thankfulness is actually a major uh, theme of the positivity movement. It's a movement that's in all our schools, in psychology, in counselling, and is a great recognition that thankfulness is really important uh, to our happiness. It uh, the, the research is in, it's a scientific fact that thankfulness is good for you. It lifts your mood. It it's makes you happier. Uh, G.K. Chesterton has said that I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Well, it's not surprising to discover that thankfulness is one of the key ingredients to happiness because we're actually created to give thanks and we're created to give praise. What is surprising is that the secular world has actually grabbed onto this. Be thankful, they say. But, of course, for a materialist or an atheist, there's a little bit of a problem there because you kind of have to have someone to be thankful to. But that's not a problem for us. We have no excuse. Uh, We need to be thankful. What are you thankful for? Uh, The love of family, a beautiful day, more time to stop, and an unlooked-for peace in the middle of the storm that is life, God's love, chocolate, An exquisite piece of music. God's forgiveness. An unlooked-for financial windfall. uh, Being able to work in the garden. Freedom from shame. Hope for the future. Autumn leaves. Right now, in lockdown, it can be really easy to focus on the things that have been taken away. Rather than the things that have been given. What are you thankful for? Because the first step towards a generous heart is to have a thankful heart. Well, perhaps you know all this. You know all things come from God. You know God's goodness. Uh, and then you still find it hard to be truly and radically generous. Why, why is my heart finding that hard? I wonder if part of the answer is that generosity comes from a heart that's full, not empty it's so hard to be generous perhaps because we don't feel like we're full and so we feel like we need to hoard and to grab because it always feels like it's all leaking away it's so easy to feel like there's not enough not enough in you or of you or for you in life there's never enough time or money or talent or energy or love or sleep so often I I know I feel like I'm living out of a lack and when that's the case it's incredibly hard to live generously because generosity comes from a heart that's full not empty So how do you be generous when there's not enough? You might be saying, God, look, I want to be generous, but I just don't know that I've got any more to give. Well, what's the answer? Well, I think the start of the answer is to recognize that, while I don't have enough. God is enough. See, we only give from what God has given. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 14. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to give this free will offering? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. See, the generosity that God calls for is God given. What's generosity? Well, generosity is the overflow to others of God's goodness to us. It's the overflow to others of God's goodness to us. See, it's meant to overflow. It's meant to be a river, but I think so often we make it a dam and our whole society actually teaches us to to make it a dam, to be keeping it for ourselves, to be growing it for ourselves. See, God pours in his blessings and so what often happens is we just increase the size of the damn wall. uh, Storing them up for a not so rainy day. But like water that sits in a cistern goes bad and fetid if it's not constantly flowing and renewed so God's blessings aren't meant to be hoarded but overflow and if you hoard them they go bad. You end up not feeling full. But tearing down the damn wall takes an act of faith and it takes an act of trust. What's the first step? Well, I wonder if it's to to stop trying to give out of just what we have, what we've hoarded. And to stop striving and to just accept the gift of God, to accept His grace. To begin to see all the goodness that he's sharing upon us. To know that I don't have enough, but he does and I can rest in trust. That he'll provide all that's needed. That he has provided all that's needed. And then we can be freed. We can be liberated to actually be like our God. To be generous in the use of the things we own and the things we have. And generous in ourselves and in our relationship and in our time our talents, our money, our hearts. Because our generosity is simply the overflow to others of God's goodness to us. Well, God, God doesn't need anything. He's abundantly rich in all that he has and all that he is and he's not a miser. He is constantly delighting in giving not only things but his very self in Jesus Christ. And so as a church, we want to be people who are full of thanks and praise to God, overflowing with the generosity from all that God has given in every part of our lives, in every day of our lives. Do you feel like you've got nothing to give? Well, let's pray that God will make you overflow, will make us as a church overflow to others. Let's pray. Our Lord and God, blessed are you, the God of our ancestor Israel forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and on earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. And we thank you that in your riches you are abundantly generous, that you continually shower your generosity upon us in love and chiefly in the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, help us to see your goodness to us. Lord, would you grow a thankfulness in our hearts so that not for any need of yours to be thanked, but so that our hearts might be full with joy. Uh, Lord and Heavenly Father, so many of us feel like we are empty and so we ask that you fill us. That we might overflow with generous hearts in all that we are and all that we have and all that we do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.